experience. All right, welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Uh, I got a great guest for you, the person sitting next to me, Joe Lesky. He's a member of Apex Vaulting. This is episode 108. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please do me a favor. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's just Apex Vaulting or on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us there, leave us a rating, comment on YouTube, and share with your friends. If you know someone who enjoys pole vaulting and you think they would enjoy this podcast, please share it. Um, Also, you can follow us at The Real Apex Vaulting on Instagram and just Apex Vaulting on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, We put out a lot of content. And just to go with the YouTube channel, besides all the podcasts that have been uploading, there's also a plethora of instructional videos about our drill progressions. Um, And if you have any comments or questions, if you want a video of something, uh, of a certain drill progression or something like that, uh, just please email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com to give us those comments, questions, or requests. Um, So, Joe... um, you started coming to the club about this time last year, yeah, roughly. Just about a year. Yeah. Um, why don't you give a little background? Who are you? How old are you? What brought you to Apex Vaulting? Like, walk us through. What's what's your background with pole vaulting? Sure. So uh, I'm currently 27, uh, turning 28 in a month, actually. So I started uh, my first session here like four days before I turned 27. Okay. And uh, my background well, is that. Well, I, I'm just sorry. I sure. have to ask you a question. Are you, are you training for the Olympics? Is yeah. that what? Yep. I, I came in here. My PR was uh, 1910 and I really wanted to break the 20 mark. I thought this was the place. No, very no, much ahead. so not. Um, but yeah, so my background is uh, I was a full-time musician prior to COVID. And uh, then COVID comes along and, you know, the world changed. Everyone, have, everyone has their things that changed. But my particular case was you couldn't do gigs anymore because it completely went away. And as a small business owner, yeah, yourself, yeah, I tr- you totally yeah. get how these things go. I understand. Yeah. Um, so I did have to make a pivot just to, you know, keep a roof over my head. And with that, um, my first gig was as an COVID specimen processor at an overnight lab wow. doing the graveyard shift. So 8.30 okay. p.m. to 5.30 a.m. Okay. And uh, if that doesn't depress the hell out of you, I don't know if you're human. So I yeah, yeah. started that gig literally as an oxygen mask because I needed to pay the bills. Yeah. yeah. And I found that uh, because I did music for a living, that nourished my soul in addition to you know my bank account. Right. So when I started this job, the 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 nourishment that I got from work just completely disappeared. Yeah. Because I got no satisfaction out of what I was doing, and what? in fact, like it took away. Well, and, and it's so funny because we were talking, um, you know, this Thursday, 7 p.m. session, we're, we're uh, filming this on a Thursday after the 7 p.m. session. There's actually a couple like adults that train. And so we were having this kind of conversation where it's like, you know, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people do have jobs that don't fulfill them. Yeah. Right. It's like you're, you're just doing it. It's a job. It, it puts a roof over your head. And listen, I think that's valuable. Like we got to oh, yeah. have a roof over our yeah. head. We got we got mouths to feed if mm-hmm. we have a family, you know. And that's certainly important, but there's this other aspect. We, we need to have some sense of purpose besides that, yeah. you know? And, you know, for me, it's like, I'm in a weird position because like what I do is super fulfilling. Like you said, your musical yeah. career was. Yeah. Um, so now you're going through COVID, you know, going back to your story. So what, yeah. What led you da- down that path sure. for, for Apex? You yeah. Know, so uh, it was literally something I needed to do to kind of like save my mental and psychological life. I was two weeks into working that job and it was the kind of job where you do the same two minute task over and over again for eight hours. And I'm sitting there in a lab coat 
in gloves with like the mask on and just going through handling people's, you know, blood and spit yeah. and just going through putting labels on things. And I couldn't help but have this overwhelming feeling of two years ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was in front of like a thousand people musically directing a show, playing piano for it, running a full band and a full cast and all these things. And people right. coming up to me and saying, you know, you're doing a great job. It's so awesome. Right. And throwing money at me for the thing that was my yeah. passion. Right. And right. now I'm sitting here handling people's spit and blood and just having nothing to do but think in that time. Well, it's, it's funny too, because like, you know, going back to like when COVID hit and you know, we were closed for four months and, and listen, I have no complaints. I know some people have had it rougher, yeah. but there was a point during that four months. I was like, what was I doing with my life? Yeah. Like is coaching important? Right. Like, like in that moment, like yeah. you, when you were doing those musical productions, you're like, this is freaking awesome. I yeah. feel like I have a purpose. I'm important. And then COVID hits and you're like, well, now you're a non-essential exactly. worker. Yep. You know, it's yep. like, Oh, I'm non-essential. I'm not important. And I, you know, I started questioning my life. I'm like, you know, why didn't I go down a path where I could have had a virtual job through my laptop? You know, is that more important? Is what those people doing yeah. helping more people in life? Because you had to go through that mental thought process. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, like it, are those people still employed because their jobs are important, important and they're helping yeah. people? Or is it just a function of where our society was at that point? You yeah. know? And I mean, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, like, I know once we opened and I was coaching and especially like not this past like holiday season, the, the year before. So this is like so right, before you, yeah, yeah. So right before you joined. Yeah. Right. Um, I started getting these like Christmas cards and, and all this stuff from a lot of the parents from the athletes that were coming in mm -hmm. who were like, thank you so much. Yeah. Like you have done so like, I didn't even realize like, you know, cause for me, I'm in here, I'm coaching people, I'm interacting, it's social. I'm getting like, I'm almost in this like bubble of apex. Yeah. But like everybody else is out in a world where they can't interact with people that are not allowed. It's frowned upon, yeah. you know, this, that, and the other. And this was the outlet for a lot of people, mm -hmm. which kind of going back to, like you said, like taken away from your music gigs. I was like thinking back during that four month period when I was closed, like, no, I, I have a good purpose. I'm helping people, yeah. you know, and it goes so much deeper than just jumping higher. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's actually just a byproduct of what we're doing, Pretty much, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, what it was such a crazy time, man. Cause it really, it made you question like what you did in life. Of course, everything. You know? And actually to tie into what you were saying yeah. about it, meaning something more than jumping high. Uh, I was two weeks into it. And the job, the after, job, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the COVID lab job. Yeah. And I really could not have been in a darker place because yeah. it felt like I was such a failure. Like the one thing that I used as a benchmark for being a successful musician was, well, sorry, two things, living on my own, paying my own bills yeah. with music gigs and never having to get a nine to five, never having a 40 hour right. job. Right. And here I was sitting there two weeks into it, nothing but time to think on my hands and going, this is where I ended up. And I couldn't have felt lower, more like a failure. And I realized I can't stay in this place. Because if I stay in that place mentally, I, I don't even know what would happen. I, lo I lost my appetite. You know I can fuck me. Yeah. I, I lost my appetite entirely. Yeah. And I needed to do something. So I started to think, what are my options? I was already studying Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, right. but gyms weren't 
open yet. Gyms were kind of opening and they were like, you have to wear a mask and like you well, should be vaccinated and, and yeah, all these things. Well, and then the jujitsu scene, I think is a little bit different because it's people on top of exactly. people. It's, yeah. it's a little bit different. Yes. And, and I think, you know, not for nothing too. I think Gracie jujitsu is a big enough gym and a big mm. enough business where they had to be really, really uh, careful yes. about how they were opening. Cause yeah. there's too many eyes watching where, uh -huh. listen, if we're being honest about apex, like, I didn't have anybody watching over me and making sure I did yeah. this or that. And, and, um, look, like I, I kind of made some decisions early on that I was like, I want people who want to come into the gym who are comfortable. Right. Yeah. Because let's face it at the end of the day, there's no guarantees. Like, of course. uh, you know, so I want people that are willing to come in, take a risk. They want to be in this atmosphere and, you know, listen, pole vault, like if you really want, you know, you can spread out online, you're not touching each other, yeah. I guess, which, even though that doesn't really matter, but whatever. Yeah. So I'm open. So go, yes. go ahead. So, so the jujitsu was something that I was very much so doing myself, uh, but a training partner that I had for a while, uh, we no longer had that opportunity to train together. Yeah. Just circumstances changed. Yeah. And so that wasn't really much of an outlet. And I was like, well, what else can I do? And I thought about it. I had lost um, 55 pounds over the previous like two and a half years but it was purely for cosmetic reasons. At first I was like, I look awful. I don't like how I look. And then as I went on, it was like more about health and staying fit, yeah. but it was just for the sake of being in good shape. I wasn't doing anything with it. Right. So I thought, I wonder if you can pole vault as an adult. And so I just did a quick Google search. I typed in pole vault for adults and apex vaulting comes up, go on the website. I see, you know, okay. So I see it's a pole vaulting club. It's this whole thing. Let me send an email just to see, I'm not even expecting a response in all honesty, because right. you sent, you see websites all the time. People have an email, people don't respond. Right, right. So I send an email. I say, Hey, I'm an adult. I wonder if, you know, I jump back in high school. Could I come by and just kind of do some jumping one day? And I saw that there was an injury package and you responded pretty quickly. It may have been the same day later in the evening. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, absolutely. We have adults coming all the time. Feel free to come by and see if you, how you like it. We do the intro package. And I was like, I got kind of nervous. I was like, well, it was a good in it's theory, like, but it's like calling your bluff. Exactly. Like, <laughs> shit. Now what am I going to do? The easy first step is like, yeah. oh, I can, I can reach out to someone. It's another thing to show up. Yeah. Especially well, I hadn't jumped in nine years. Right. I'm old. I'm right. 27. Well, so before we go, go down uh, that rabbit yeah. hole, because I, I want to discuss that for everyone out there that's listening, who's a coach and is thinking about having a club, has a club. And you're wondering like, how do I get more clients to the door? Guys, it's not that hard. It's pole vault. There's not a lot of pole vault clubs out there. Like we all think as pole vault clubs, like, oh, I'm competing against this pole vault club. No, you're not. That pole vault club is probably three hours away. Yeah. You're competing against other activities in your area. And if people do want to pole vault, you're the only show in town. Yeah. The other thing that you bring up, I, guys, having a website and having a Google business is so critical. Yeah. Like people literally Google Apex, the Google business account comes up. They see the hours of operation. They see the phone number, the pictures, email. Pictures they see pictures. Yeah, right. So it's like, there's already that is done. I mean, I, literally last week, a college girl um, called me up and she comes in, she jumped, she loved it. And I'm talking afterwards. I'm like, oh, like what, what made you choose Apex? Like, how'd you... So like, well, like I, I, I Googled pole vaulting clubs and I, the one club, like they didn't have a phone number and I couldn't contact them. They didn't have their practice times listed and you had a number and you, you, you had practice times yeah. listed. So I just gave you a call. I'm like, yeah. 
Guys, it was that simple. I have my practice times listed and my phone number and people can reach out. Downloadable like, PDF. I downloaded that. Yes, I was looking at it on my lunch there's break a downloadable yep. PDF on the yep. website. And, and here's the thing too. Like you said, you emailed me. Listen, no more than a day goes by. If I get an email, the next day it's yep. answered. If someone calls me or texts me, the next day it's answered. Yep. And you can't, I can't tell you, I think I'm being lazy actually. Right. Like someone texts me or calls me, let's say like eight o'clock. So I'm busy coaching a 7 p.m. session. And a lot of times by the time this gets done, you know, it's like 10, yeah. 30, 11. Yeah. I'm not going to call someone back at 11 o'clock at night. I'll call them the next day at noon, one o'clock, two o'clock. And people, oh, thank you for getting back to me so soon. I'm like, so soon. Yeah, this is a day. You know, I'm thinking about like, I feel bad that I couldn't call, pick up that phone call yeah. at the moment. Right. But it's like, it's that easy. If you, if you just get back to people, you have a, a website, a Google business, you answer your email on time. You can grow your business. Yeah. It's not that hard. And to build off of that, as a musician, like an independent right, musician, yeah. the amount of times that I've shown up on time to a gig mm-hmm. and people go, oh, I can't believe you're a musician and you showed up on time. Look at this. I, I, I can't believe that that's all it takes. And I show up in a suit. for If it's like the type of gig that requires a suit, show you've seen me come in here yeah, in suits yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah. sessions. Mm-hmm. I come in in a suit. I get there on time. And regardless of how well I play, that impression, people are going to hire you back a lot more often. You show up late, I, you look shaggy, whatever it is. So I know, it feels, it's I entirely know. And, that idea. and that's going to, you know, that could tie in perfectly. And, and we'll go back, but like, just because it's a great segue. I remember the first day you came in here. Mm. I take you through the practice. What was your impression that first day? Yeah, no, you know your shit. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like, Something that I, I don't know if you even remember this, but I, I remember you walked in with a Gracie jiu-jitsu yeah. shirt. Yes, and yes. so, you know, for those of you who listen to the podcast, I don't know if I've mentioned this enough, but, you know, I like MMA. I watch UFC and I, I'm, a, I'm definitely a fan of Gracie jiu-jitsu because I've even posted something with uh, Hicks and Gracie, yeah, Hickson, yeah. you know, uh, one of his uh, Joe Rogan clips, you know, I post on our Instagram and I really love what they've done with jiu-jitsu and I would. I, I, in listen, I know it's a little bit lofty goal, but like, I'd love to do that with pole vault. What they've yeah. done for jujitsu, I want to do for pole vault. And so I'd love to grow it like that. And I said to you, I said to you, like, you know, what did you think? And you said, you know what? This honestly reminds me a lot of Gracie's yes, jujitsu. Uh, yep. And what, why did you say that? What are the parallels between what we do here at Apex and Gracie Jiu-Jitsu? It's very technical and very sequential. So the fact that when you go through a technique, when you first learn a new technique at Gracie, they go through and show you exactly what it looks like at first. And then they go, here's how we do it slowly, bit by bit in full detail. And you go slowly. And the way that you broke down even everything from jumping drill to the running drills, even stretching, and then getting to the actual jump and talking about what takeoff is like, letting the left hand come up. So much reminded me of the way that they go through it. And it's because it works. You go slowly, you're sequential, and you talk about it in that way. It, it is a proven system and well, you buy into it. Well, so, you know, again, to build off of that for people who are listening again, if you're a coach and you're like, man, you know, I'd like to grow my club or, you know, whatever. And we'll definitely talk about growing your club through adults that train and talk about that specifically. But I can't tell you how many times when either a new client who's an adult or an athlete that's a child and their parent is watching, I literally can tell as I go through the running drills which is like real early. It's like, we're warming up and I'm explaining the running drills and I can literally see like jaws drop from parents who are like, what? Like you almost have that. The parents have that look on their face. Like, 
hey, babe, I don't think I know how to run. Like, should we yeah. sign up for this yeah. too? You know, like, and, um, you know, and, and that's the thing when you break things down. And I think too often in the public community, because there's so few people coaching, because there's so few places that you can go to. Yeah. I think a lot of places is just like, all right, let's like jog and skip a little bit. Nothing's really watched or coached. And then it's like, all right, let's grab poles, you know, start at three, back to a five. All right, let's do full approach. And it's like, well, if I don't know how to pull, well, what, how the hell am I doing any of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not broken down enough. Yeah. And for me also, I know some people might be like, well, Bronco, you're talking about beginners. What if you have people who know how to pull? Well, I think you have to develop a system where you can matriculate new people mm -hmm. into a group with a mixed ability level. Yes. And the thing is, even those higher level people, I think it's great for them to listen to the intro again. It's great for them to listen for the explanations. It's great for them to show drills to people. Yeah. It's And they need to have their jump broken down too. Again, I, and I, I did a tweet, you know, and some people got mad at me, but it's like, if all you do is a couple like drills and then you go back to your full, that gets old real fast. Yeah. Going to the jujitsu uh, analogy, it's like if all you did was spar, you know, you just roll all the time. You can't learn then. No. You're not going to develop new skills and that's going to get boring. Yeah. You know, once you get tapped enough times, or you tap the same training partner over and over and you're not learning anything. If I can't level up, like I'm bored, I yeah. beat the game. Yeah. I need a new game, right? Like I'll use a video game analogy. Maybe sure. more people will understand that, but it's like, think about it. Like when you were a kid, you're playing video games, you know, you play a game, you beat it. Once you beat it, you're like, this is trash now. Like I need a new game. Yeah. Like, right. So it's like, if that's all you do, if there's no more layers to your system, then you're going to lose clients, right? Those athletes are going to be like, all right, I have nothing else to learn from this person. Now, maybe they don't leave the sport. Maybe they just go to a different pole vaulting club. Yeah. That might happen too, yeah. you know? Um, so I, we kind of went off on a, on a tangent there. So, okay. So I email you back. Yes. I call you on your bluff. Yeah. What happens next? What, right. Take us through the thought process there. So you get yep. that answer so I, back. I get the email back and I, I give a time that I can come by and you say that works great. Let's do it. And I remember distinctly talking to a friend of mine that night and saying, you know, I'm going to be going uh, pole vaulting next week. And he actually did track with me growing okay, up. Okay. In high school, he was uh, a long distance and I was doing pole okay. vaulting and doing pole vault. You've seen the video of my technique. Right, that it was pole vaulting. But um, I told him that and he was like, really? And I was like, didn't expect that, huh? And he's like, no, I, I would not have expected that to be what came out of your yeah. mouth. Uh, that's really interesting that, you know, nine years later going into it. And I was like, yeah, I, uh, I think this could be really good. And I finally had something to look forward to something concrete that was like, yeah, kind of feel nervous, but this is, this is exciting. Like I'm right. going to be pole vaulting. I don't even know what that looks like on the first day, but I'm going to be pole vaulting. And right. so the week goes by, I have worked the, the previous evening or previous morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tell the, the guy that I was friends with there, I was like, going pole vaulting tomorrow. He's like, what's pole vaulting? I was like, that's a common reaction. Yeah, that you get. yeah, yeah. It's right, like, right, It's right. where you run with the pole when you go up in the air. And he was like, oh, all right. And then we kept working, doing our jobs. <laughs> um, but in my head, I'm just like, oh, this, this is really something. Yeah. Get to the day of. And I pull up. I walk in the door. And I go, I see people doing the running drills because you got there a little bit, like a couple minutes late because yeah, I had yeah. a little trouble finding the place because mm -hmm. I'm a simpleton. No, and well, I, also, okay, we're in an industrial park. Well, it's not the easiest. To so whatever it is, uh, I walk in the door and they're doing uh, warm ups. So oh, walking the hip down walk and, and running. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yep. 
And I walk in the door and I'm immediately like, these individuals are very in very good shape. Okay. <laughs> All right. And so I walk through and I see you and I'm like, I think, I think that could be Bronco. Okay. I'm going to go over yeah. and I go, Hey, I'm, I'm Joe Lesky. I'm the new one here. Oh yeah. Great. No. Um, all right. Um, let me walk you through some stuff. They're going to be stretching and I'll talk you through some things, go through it and still have the nerves. And I'm like, everyone here again is like in very good shape. And I'm walking in and I'm like, I'm not in bad shape, but like, now I'm getting a little like, okay. Self-conscious. Cause yeah. even in my own personal life, you don't find people in pole vault shape walking around the streets like it isn't right. on like in that apex bubble idea yeah, yeah, yeah this is how people are when they come here and like or at least striving to be right 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 that is not the real world and so in my group of friends in my circles that i traveled in i was the guy who was like oh yeah joe is like, oh he goes to the gym all the time blah, blah, blah. yeah and then i walk in here and i'm like i'm gonna stand up a little straighter i'm gonna have to work on myself and even yeah. just having that push and we start jumping and you're so systematic with how you go through mm -hmm. it that the whole time I'm online, I'm going through things. I'm learning a little new thing every time I go right. and trying to like think about it more and more. And then I'm starting to talk to the people online with me. And Lily was actually there that day. Okay. I remember talking to her and everyone was so nice and so technically thinking through things and going up. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, and I told this to people that very night, this, this is my crowd. This yeah. is the type of people that I want to be around because mm -hmm. it takes a certain, I don't know. I don't want to use a, a, the wrong term here. It there's something a little off about people who like pole vaulting, who are willing to sprint with a pole down right. a runway, jump in the air, fly up with nothing to protect you aside from your own skill level well, and the pole. Right. And I, it's, th there is a little bit like, I think, look, like obviously if you're coaching very safely, oh, I think yes. you take a lot of the risk out of it. Yeah. Um, but, but there face is, value appearance wise. Right. It seems. But I still think there's even that moment, especially like the first time, right? Mm. It's like you could like we always start everybody out at one left. Yeah. And there's that moment of like, okay, wait, I'm I'm gonna jump and and this this is gonna go in the bottom. Yeah. And then I'm not gonna go like backwards. Like <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're good. Just yeah. like hold it here, jump up, your hands are gonna go up, you're gonna get in the pit. And they're like, and you have to like overcome that yes. fear. Yep. And and the thing is, like, and I always mention this to, to new clients. Um, that come in and, and even, I'm, I'm sorry, but like the reason some people might be like, why does he keep saying the word client? You know? Um, oh, wow. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, I don't want to use the term even athlete or kid, right? Because here we have adults that come in and they are clients and they're, they're people that are very important to me and mm. I want to help service my clients. And I think if more coaches think that way and you start to approach it that way, yeah. you're going to get different results. Yeah. And so, but what I always tell the clients is like, look, life really is all about overcoming fears. Yeah. Like when you think about when you're a little kid, it's like, you're scared of the dark. You're literally scared of a dark room and you have to overcome that fear. Like think about it. You're a little kid. Maybe you're like three, four, five years old. And you're like, man, I really have to go pee, but it's dark. So I just yell mom. She can get pissed again. Right. I did that like a couple nights in a row. She's like, dude, just turn on the lights and go to the bathroom. Some kids piss themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're so scared. They're like, I'm not getting out of bed. I'll just piss myself. Right. So you have to overcome that fear yeah. of the dark to turn on the lights, walk to the bathroom by yourself, you know, whatever. 
And so like every step of the way, there's all these risks in mm-hmm. life and you have to be able to manage those risks, but then also overcome fear. Cause if you're never willing to take any risk, you're never going to get any reward. Yeah. And so like, I feel like that moment of like, they'll have, I'll have kids who like, they'll just let go of the pole and run through right from a one even, or they'll jump up, but let go of the pole. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then when they finally like jump up, hold on and their hands go above their head, you're like, all right, you did it like nice. And then they've overcome that fear barrier, you know? And and I think that's a really nice thing about pole vault because there is a little bit of fear. And when you openly talk about it, you can help people start to overcome their fears and they can now apply that to the rest of their life. And I think that's huge. Oh yes. And the, the overarching amount of parallels that there are between pole vault and jujitsu and real life because they're very right. closely related. Like in my head, I compartmentalize them yeah. in the same way. Right. Just because it's very technical, it is physically demanding, but it's not. You're not doing completely foreign movements. Like it all makes sense at the end of the day. You just have to work through it and get used to it. Right. And it applies so much in day to day life that yeah. I I can't even articulate it properly. Well, and and to go off with like the analogy with you know Gracie Jujitsu. I mean, I, I love listening to a bunch of Hicks and Gracie podcasts where he talked about, you know, his father developing the jujitsu because his father was a very weak person, had some health issues when he was young. And so he had to develop a system of jujitsu that could work for even the weak person. Yeah. And consequently, if it works really well with weak people, it works even better with strong people. Right. Yeah. And so the way I've always approached pole vault is like, I, I always think like, I've got to get everybody off the ground. I've got to get everybody to be able to do this. And look, can everybody, you know, jump as high as Mondo? Definitely not. Like that's not, you know, that's not realistic. But can you get everybody to pull ball at some level? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just at the master's meet this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see people of all ages and, and, and even what was cool. There was definitely a couple guys that I saw pole vaulting who are doing like the, the heptathlon or something like that, yeah. the multi-event. And they're not pole vaulters, but they just picked up and started yeah. learning. And they're maybe in their forties, you know, and they're maybe not even in that traditional pole vault shape, sure. but it's like, they're getting off the ground. They're clearing bars and yeah. they're having fun yes. and they're having fun. And those life lessons that you're talking about definitely can apply. Like if that, let's say like some 48 year old guy, who's like, you know, trying masters track and field for like the first time. And, you know, they've never pole vaulted and they have, they have to overcome that fear of trying pole vault. And then also like, not like danger or fear, but like, oh my God, if I know how I'm not going to score any points and I'm going to suck at this meet, you know yeah. what I mean? So there's all kinds of different things going on in that person's head. I think it's so cool to watch that person overcome all those struggles. Like the fear of yes, maybe getting hurt, but then also it's like, I don't want to mess up my knee and mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. on and so forth. I, I think there's definitely a, a lot there. And again, I think for all those people trying to grow clubs, maybe we need to stop thinking so much about those state champs that will happen. Yeah. The right athlete walks into your building, you'll get, you'll get that state champ, but can you help everybody? Can you develop a system where you can help that person who's coming in at, at, at the lowest level who maybe they can't do a pull-up, maybe, you know, they can't even squat their own body weight, you know, whatever the case may be. And can you help that person technically get better and physically improve? Because even the Gracie jujitsu system, I'm sure they talk about physical fitness too, right? Yeah. And it, it, it's exactly like you said about like if a stronger weaker opponent can be successful with this then it translates really well to those athletes yeah and i found personally that because i was in good shape and i had like good mobility if you have good hip mobility and you're doing jujitsu it is a vastly different world 
than if you have some more struggles. Because even like doing an arm bar, if you're on top of someone in mount and you do an arm bar, you have to throw your hips around in order to get to the side of them. Right, right. And a lot of people have this mental barrier and it's because they don't have the same hip mobility as right. other people do. When they were going through the lesson uh, for the first time that I was watching it, they were very much so like, all right, and if you have trouble with this, then really do these things. And I really feel like you're whipping around and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I got it like the first time doing it. It's just because I had that hip mobility from like whatever else I was doing right, in life. Right. So it does have that advantage, but everyone can get there. Right. Well, that, that's kind of like, look, like when we, when we introduce a new person in, into a group, you know, let's say we do our rollover drills. You could tell right away whether someone has good upper body strength yeah. or they don't have good upper body yeah. strength. Well, that person afterwards, we introduce them to TRX rows, dumbbell rows. You know, we start to build up their upper back strength. And it's amazing. Like there's one girl that started this past summer who, you know, when she first came in, her upper body strength was not there. And it was very difficult for her to like, we couldn't even do a swing to the belly. We couldn't do a flyaway and turn land in the stomach. Mm -hmm. um, she could just barely swing. And now today she wrapped nine from two lefts. And it, Damn. yeah, that's pretty good. And it's like, you know, obviously she's also been very diligent. She, she's worked through the TRX rows. She could do banded pull-ups, band assistant pull-ups. Now she keeps doing her rows. She does carries, you know, um, and it, it's just amazing to see the person go through that physical and technical transformation. And it's also amazing to see the confidence that instills in a person yes. because oh now they can tell that it's like, wow, like I, you know, even if I can't do something today, that doesn't mean I can't do it tomorrow. Of course. Or if three I, months from right. Now. If yeah. I, if I just keep grinding away and put my head down and go through what I need to go through, I can get there someday. It is possible. Yeah. And that's, that's actually something just to bring this up. Cause yeah, might yeah. as well, uh, I tore my meniscus, uh, back in January. And yeah. uh, not pole vaulting, by not the way. Pole, no, <laughs> make not that clear. Vaulting. Not pole vaulting. Um, I tore my meniscus in January and it's now March 24th. Right. So I tear it January 13th. I get surgery February wait, can, 17th. Can I just ask? Yeah. Wait, so you tore your meniscus? What are you doing at Apex? That's on a Thursday good point. Night? You know, I was bored. I just figured I'd come over. <laughs> no, so getting to that point, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I tear my meniscus, which means I can no longer run, right. uh, let alone walk. And so I'm, I'm, thinking about, well, what the hell do I do now? And once the pain subsides to the point where I can like tolerate it and I can be like somewhat mobile, yeah. I'm like, all right, I can either use this as an excuse to be like, oh, well, I get to take a break just and get time time, off. And, take yeah, time and all yeah. that. Or I can go, you know, Bronco does go on about upper body strength. Yeah. What if I took this time because the recovery for a torn meniscus, if you get the repair, which I did is four to six months. If I just devote myself to upper body lifting yeah. in that time and then eventually transition to high bar stuff as well yeah. and like doing a lot of like off the ground drills to the best that I can with right, the limited right, stuff, right. I'm going to be in a much better position than I was even before I injured myself right. because that combined with PT for the knee, I'm going to come back way better off. And with the better numbers on weights, bench press, weighted yeah. pull and all that than yeah. I ever have. That sounds appealing. And plus mentally, I, I need that uh, push. So what I got from pole vaulting when I was doing the overnight COVID lab job still exists with me. I need that. I need that kind of thing. And lifting is providing that because it's for that purpose. Right. And, and so a couple of things. One, you know, and I've said this on previous podcasts, like when I've had Calvin Hartman on, you know, they say you need three places in life. It's like everybody's got their job. That's one place. 
then you have your home and then you need that third like place, which is home away from home. Yeah. You know, and, and that I strive to provide that here. I mean, even tonight you saw someone come in that I don't think you've ever met Andy before. Yeah. Andy jumped with me a long time. He just popped in and say hi to the gang, everybody who was jumping. And it was great to see him. And, and I think everybody who's ever been to apex, you know, they know what this place is and they yeah. know they're welcome and they can come in and say hi and, you know, or get back into it if they want to start jumping yeah. again, you know? Um, and like you, I've had several athletes over the years that for whatever reason, maybe a torn hip labrum, maybe a torn ACL, whatever the case may be, as soon as they weren't like bedridden anymore, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they, the surgery's done, they can start doing some stuff. They're coming in here. One, just to watch pole vaulting. Yeah. Two, like you said, doing upper body stuff, or if it's a it's upper body injury, do lower body stuff. And and they're 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 not making any excuses, like no. you said. They're finding ways to do the things that they can do so that when they come back, they come back better than ever. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, one, I'm super grateful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm grateful that people get that way, you know, that that that's what they want. And I, I definitely like am open to it. And want people to do that. You know, yeah. I want people to come in. Like you even facilitate if, that yeah, environment. That right. I, can, even if you can't pole vault, you know, you can do other stuff, come in and get some work in, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I think that's awesome. And I think also the camaraderie is great. Mm -hmm. um, just to go specifically with your situation. I mean, what were you benching prior to the surgery? And what are you benching now? Which keep in mind, because of the surgery, he's got his legs up yeah. on the bench. So there's no leg no drive. Leg um, so yeah, can you go over that? Sure. Yeah. So prior to the surgery, I actually wasn't benching. Like I wasn't putting a focus on like proper technical benching. So this is actually a perfect excuse to be like, well, let me learn how to actually properly bench. So something in the range of like, I was in the six to eight rep range at the time. So it was in the range of like one thirty-five yeah. for six and like a tough six. Yeah. And yeah. now um, I've been pretty diligent about it for the past like three and a half weeks is when right, I think right, I've been right. allowed to do it. Yeah. And even in that time, I just did. Um, this was my first time back at six to eight in that time because I started at eight to ten. I just did um, one sixty-five for seven. Huge, huge improvement. And that's I, insane to me. What I also think like, you know, a lot of times, like you said, like if somebody gets hurt, right, they get injured or, you know, it could be as simple as like a pulled hamstring. Right. Um, I think like you said, a lot of people are like, Oh, well, I can't train. <laughs> yeah. I can't train. And then they use that as an excuse to take days off weeks off. Yeah. And then like you said, then the diet slips. Yeah, and, you don't have to be as diligent. Right. Absolutely. But it's like, I think in your case, you know, you took it and you're like, well, let me, let me work on some of my upper body weaknesses. Yeah. And what I think is amazing in very short time, think about how much your bench has gone up, Yeah. which I think mentally that puts you in a different place where, you know, when you've been hitting these numbers, like you're probably patting yourself on the back, but then also halfway through the drive home, you're like, shit, why wasn't I doing this before the surgery? <laughs> yeah, right. No, you, you know that. what I mean? There's yeah. that part. Cause now you're like, well, if I'm doing this after a surgery and I'm yep. injured and I can't even use leg drive to yep. bench, what the hell was I doing before? Yeah. And it, 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 I think I'm trying to take this. I mean, I'm not perfect with it, but I'm yeah. trying to take it as like a, this was a good thing in the grand scheme of things because it was the reset that I needed to go. If you can't do something that you love to do for a period of time, because it is finite, yeah. you know, unless you get hit by a truck or something, it is finite, <laughs> but, um, if you can't do it for a period of time, what are you going to fill that space with? And 
if that means taking a microscope to what can I do to be in a better position for that once I can get back, yeah. that's worth doing. But you don't do it unless you have that kind of like, you need an impetus in order to have that happen. And I'd rather it was, I read a book than tear my meniscus, but right. you know, whatever, we'll take it. This was an excuse to go, let me really work on what I can work on. And that happened to be upper body stuff. And I'm grateful. I'm, I'm trying to be grateful for it. Yeah. As no, as l- listen, I, I, I think even more than the actual lifting numbers or the mm. gaining strength, I think the mental changes yes. are important. Yeah. And that is something to be grateful for. Cause I'm I, sticking with this once I yeah, get back. I'm and, not going to drop all doing all of this right, once I can't right. jump again. Yeah. And, and I think you'll have a different focus and a mental attitude once you're, you're ready to go yeah. full, full out. Uh, and you know, we've had plenty of nights where we talk about several different topics and I always bring up people like David Goggins, Mm -hmm. you know, David Goggins is a great example. I mean, he's had videos where he's like, Hey, listen, like my knees messed up or had this surgery and I can't run right now, but he's like, I ain't going to be sitting on my ass. I'm going to find the things that I can do and work on that. You know, I will be grinding with something that I can do. Yes. And I think that's a very, very important mental attitude. And, you know, I think about even like over the years, my shift as a coach, as a business owner, um, as a mentor, that's been an amazing shift in me where I think, you know, especially when I was a younger coach, like I didn't know strength and conditioning as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if somebody was hurt, like I didn't know what to do with them, you know, but it's like, now it's always like, no, like we can do something else then. I mean, even, you know, similar situation, one of my high school senior girls, you know, she's a 12 footer and she's had a foot injury from, uh, from, I think overuse between gymnastics and pole vault. And so she didn't jump this indoors. Uh, Listen, I, I am probably more proud of her now than I was the day she jumped 12. I mean, listen, the 12 foot jump is a 12 foot jump. Like that's awesome. But that's just one day. She has literally come in every single session, regardless of the fact that she can't jump and she's been doing high bar. She's been doing strength and conditioning work. Uh, she still does her pole drops. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she's doing everything she possibly can. She has immersed herself in the training. Yep. And I'll tell you what, like, I, I really feel bad for whoever has to compete against yeah. her this spring. No, and I, I've noticed she's that. a monster. Yeah. She's a monster. And I mean, she's biting at, at, at the opportunity to just get back and, and start jumping. But the thing is, she hasn't wasted time. No. Like, I think a lot of, and you, again, this is a high school senior. I think a lot of high school seniors will be enjoying high school yeah, senior, senior year. Yeah. yeah. They, they'd be going to parties and stuff, getting out of shape yep. and they would come back and they would look like garbage. And, and the thing is like, I've even seen it where, you know, I've had situations where, you know, People hear from like, you know, a, a doctor or PT, hey, you got to take time off. And that, that's okay. Take time off. But you got to do what you can do to stay yes. strong. Yeah. And I've seen people come back and they're like shocked at what their grips are, what their poles are. And I'm like, bro, you're out of shape, you know, and it doesn't mean getting fat. Sometimes you just lose muscle mass. Yeah. You get skinny. Yeah. And then it's like, you can't move the same grips. You can't move the same poles. And so it's like, it's going to take time. But if you really take complete time off, you don't do anything, you're really going to be, be behind the eight ball yeah. and you're going to be playing catch up. Um, but yeah, I just, I think here, the culture that we've established, I mean, like, 
imagine you didn't come in at all and you just came back first day and then you were like kind of being a, a sourpuss in line. Yeah. Like, Damn, I can't, I can't jump on my poles. Like, I think Calvin or someone would be like, bro, you haven't jumped in six months. Oh, Calvin would absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah. you haven't jumped in six months. You haven't d- worked out. Like, what did yeah. you expect was going to happen the first day back? And yeah. you'd be like, it's kind of like a slap in the it face. Is. But it's like, you know, I, I don't think anybody would say it in a mean no, you know, way, but they're like, it's real. Yeah. This is real. This is, I don't know if this is what the expectation is. You yeah. Know? And like, I'm actually genuinely excited that more likely than not, the first day that I'm, you know, doctor approved to go full out and like, go with pole vaulting, I will be in a better position than I ever have yeah. been with jumping. And it's not because I'm going to be you know, faster. Obviously, I'm probably yeah. going to take some time to get back to the speed that I was at. But upper body wise, being able to pull swing is going to be so much more physically possible for right. me than it ever has. Right. And that's not something that just happens accidentally. That's something that I'm actively pursuing is I want the first day to go this feels a lot different yeah. in a good way. Well, well yeah. and, and I think, listen, I, I, I think watching the vault and talking about yeah. it, you know, and I know you, you know, you watch videos, but yeah. then watching people jump in here. And then we've had discussions, like we've watched video together yeah. of like Pete Roach's yeah. jump. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's look at this. What yep. is he doing in this jump? You know? And so I, I think that that stuff is all very, very valuable because those mental reps count too. Yes. Um, and that's big with jujitsu too. So Henner, right. Henner Gracie, who's one of the two brothers who like really expanded Gracie jujitsu to what it is now. Mm-hmm. He, when he was 18 years old, he was like just earning his black belt, hurt his lower back and was right. like, he could not roll. He could not do technical stuff for six months. It was just so PT. He just ate donuts so and he ate milkshakes. Donuts. No, he talked about it because him and his brother are like, like this and they right. developed business and they would roll constantly for six months. He had to sit on the sidelines. And he said without those six months, he would not be as good as he is now. And yeah. it's because he got to sit there and watch. He got to see his brother and he called him the, the hero in tornado and like yeah, how yeah. he would just like roll with people, but he started to be able to almost see it in slower motion. And the right. fact that he had to sit there and just watch, right. he got so much out of that. And when he got back on the mats, it clicked even better than he already was. Well, so describe, you know, talking about like seeing the, uh, like jujitsu like that. Yeah. I think also with the vault, you know, when someone goes through a good system and like our system, it's like having a different operating system to be yes, honest. No, it it's is. like Apple versus Android, yep. right? It's just different, 100%. right? And and I think once you've been through our system, it's like it's so simple. You watch a jump and you're like, "Up, oh, that person skipped takeoff. Up, oh, they didn't finish the swing. They yep. went to the turn too early." You know, whatever, so on and so forth. And it, it's just amazing, you know, the way, you know, mentally it works and people start to see that stuff as they start leveling up through our program. Um yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really amazing to watch that kind of stuff unfold. Um, I, I kind of want to go back to this kind of question though. Right. So you're an adult, you're training in pole vault. I mean, like, you know, we joked about like, Oh, are you training for the Olympics? Yeah, you know? yeah. Like what, what, what is the goal for you? I mean, I think you're touching upon it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's giving you things that are not maybe tangible value, right? Like you're not going to jump. Maybe it's not jump a certain bar. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, win this meet, but like uh, maybe just talk about that more. Like why as an adult should someone come train? Yeah. Especially, I mean, your case is a little bit different. You jumped 11, six in high school. Mm -hmm. You're certainly going to PR, you know? Um, But why would someone 
vault as an adult, you know? Yeah. So uh, there's a simple answer and a less simple answer, which yeah. actually uh, Pat, um, Kendra's brother, Pat, right, um, right, right. We, he asked me one time this exact question. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I always find it so interesting why adults would do this. So why do you do this, Joe? And the simple answer is I want to, I want to go high. Pole vaulting is incredibly fun. Like there at the end of rush, the day, yeah. it is just so cool. It is so unique flying through the air. The idea of that and being able to go higher and higher as you do it is just really cool. And it's adrenaline junkie fuel. Like in, yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, it is as simple as that in one regard, the more complex answer is it's those parallels and how it translates to the rest of life. Mm -hmm. I now have something that I can work towards, not just for a higher bar, but like, what can I do better for this incredibly challenging thing? One of the main reasons I love it is it is miserably difficult. It is yeah. so difficult to like really get good with pole vaulting. And I'm a big subscriber to the theory of if it's not very difficult, it's not worth doing that whole concept. Right. And this is such a worthwhile pursuit in that way. It's an excuse to stay in good shape. It's an excuse to have a different social group than I've had yeah. in the past. And it's something that I've really enjoyed and leaned on is the social aspect. And I, I can't stress enough how much meaning that is given into my life because I'm a big fan. So Jordan Peterson talks all the time about mm -hmm. investing in meaning rather than pursuing happiness because happiness comes and goes. You yeah, cannot achieve yeah, yeah. just happiness, but you can always have meaning. Everything you're doing can be investing in having a meaningful life. And that's what you can lean on. Right. This is something that has provided meaning into my life in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I can't articulate it exactly what, like, it's hard to put into words, but as a whole, it has given me such a good thing to invest more meaning into. And it's something that I do lean on now, like almost a year later, even though I haven't jumped in two months. Well, it, it's interesting. Like you talk about meaning versus maybe happiness, yeah. right? Um, and there's this one video that I really like to share with people sometimes. I think it's like some former CEO of Google. And um, he talks about this idea of like happiness versus fun. Yes. And he talks about happiness being like a sense of contentment with your life. Like you are content with your life. And fun is you kind of ignoring your life and do right. So that doesn't change whether you're happy or not. Yeah. And, you know, so he goes through this explanation, but going back to what you said, like meaning versus happiness. Um, I was watching this one video of Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. And he was talking about how someone was like, bro, it's not so serious. Like, why are you taking this so serious? He's like, basically like F you, like I'm going to, what, what do you want me to be serious about? Yeah. This is what I'm serious about. This, this is serious for yeah. me. I want to be serious. And, and I get the thing from people all the time. Franco is just pole vault, like relax. I remember one time even talking to a former athlete one time I was on the phone and they're like, you know, Bronco, I, I used to, you know, pole vault used to be so important to me. And it's like, it still is for you. They were saying it almost in like a derogatory yeah, like, way. Why, like you're like, still a kid. You moved on. Like you're still yeah. a little kid. Okay. And it's like, it's well, one, it's my business. Yeah. It's literally my business. Secondly, it provides great meaning yes. in my life because I feel like I'm helping others. Um, Maybe I'm not happy all the time. Like, obviously, I get pissed if something's you? going wrong. Yeah, I get fired up. <clears throat> but it all has meaning behind it, yeah. right? Like, even me getting fired up, it's because something's important. Like, I remember last year, oh, my goodness. I'm at Division Three Nationals, and they really freaking screwed up. 
like they did like they lined the girls up and they go through the bios like this is Sally from, you know, freaking Oshkosh, the gosh college and wherever. And she's got four all Americans. Blah, blah, blah. And they go down like it takes like 10, 15 minutes to do this. And then my athlete is up first and they started the clock immediately a minute. She hasn't moved for 15 minutes. And so now that's it. She's going to go. No, she's got to warm up. Like she's got to do some skips. Like I, I literally started losing my shit. I started like shaking the, the coach's box. Like they had these plastic barriers. I'm like, Hey, this is bullshit. I'm like, you are not timing her out. This is absolute bullshit. And I didn't care. Like all the coaches were looking at me like, Oh my God, he's got to calm down. Yeah. And it was so funny. Cause one of the officials like taps another official. Like, I think we should start the clock again. I'm not saying I was going to throw that barricade, but maybe I made that guy think I was. Yeah, I mean, that's so, why you're lifting. So you right, can in the yeah. future. No, but like, and they restarted the clock and she didn't get timed out, which was critical. And she ended up getting all American. But anyway, so that being said, um, I think the meaning is important. And it's like, I think what's really sad and kind of going back to your story about like what led you to be like, all right, I can't do jujitsu right now. The gyms aren't open. What can I do? And I think it's really sad when you get to a point in your life and especially to all the adults out there that are listening to this and you're like, wow, like I hate my job. My job sucks. I don't have anything to look forward to at home. You know, whatever your home life is. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. If there's no meaning anywhere in your life, you're like, what's the big deal? What does it all matter? That's a rough spot to be in. It is. And so being able to find something where you're like, you know what? I really look forward to this. I've got some goals here. There's maybe short-term goals. Like I want to jump X by this month. Yeah. Long-term goals. I want to be in better shape. I, I want to have, you know, better strength, better speed. I want to mentally be in a better spot or long-term. I want to figure out these technical things. I want to level up in this sport, um, you know, create a better social yeah. network, yeah. right? Like you said, I think those are all really important things. And I, I, I think honestly, like I can make an argument that those things are far more important than qualifying for USAs. Yeah. Cause I, I, I think, you know, and I think I told you this story, someone hit me up about like, they wanted my opinion on like polls and stuff. And, um, I kind of had the conversation with the person I was kind of trying to dissuade them from buying polls because I was like, listen, like, I feel like, like, yo, it's your life. You do whatever you want, but you're going down a path where I think, unfortunately, like, you know, let's say as a male, 18, 18, six, let's say as a female, 15, 15, six, like, yo, by all means do, do whatever you want. But I've seen far too many people in those like ranges where they're chasing this, like trying to go to USA thing and whatever. And some of them, they even get there. And they're like, what was the point? Yeah. Right. Because even for me coaching wise, I thought at a certain point, like, well, if I coach someone to jump high enough, or if we win nationals or that'll solve all my other problems in life. I'll have more friends, more yeah. people will like me, or yeah. maybe I'll get a girlfriend or maybe I'll make more money or yeah. what. Odd, none of those things changed. Absolutely zero. Yeah. And if we think about like jumping, I mean, look, like we could probably count on one or two hands how many people actually make a good living pole vaulting, yeah. right? As a professional pole vaulter, right? And so, like, I'm just like always leery of those people. It's like, 
well, you're chasing that USA's or, you know, trying to qualify for Olympics. And that's cool. That's cool. I just, I don't want you to be 28, 30, 35 years old. And looking back, like, why the hell did I do this? I mean, Ronda Rousey, you know, of UFC fame, you know, she was undefeated for some time champion in her autobiography. She writes about how once she medaled at the Olympics, she was literally living out of her car. Yeah. And she won the medal and she's like, shit, like, what do I do now? Because yeah. she, she, she was not setting up her life for after that at all, at all. And so now she finishes the Olympics. I'm still homeless. Like, what are you? I mean, thank God the UFC exists. Yeah. Right. Like, thank God women started to fight professionally yeah. and she ended up making a good living for herself. And she's kind of set now. Yeah. And I, and I hope she's doing very well and happy um, with her life. But like, what if that didn't happen? Yeah. And I, that's why I'm, I'm always concerned for those people vaulting in that situation. Cause I think if you're an adult jumping to be a part of a community, you know, stay in shape, you know, have give your life more meaning, something outside of work. I think those are all very, very valuable yeah. things that, that I, to me, that's like priceless. You know? Yeah. And that, that is absolutely what I get out of coming here. And it's not just what I get out of coming here. It's what I get on the drive back home. It's what I get on the drive here. I live 40 minutes away. There yeah. is easily reason for me to go, ah, I don't want to make that drive. 40 minutes each way. I mean, yeah. oof, come on. I'm sure there's a planet fitness like five yeah. minutes. Oh, from man. And then I could get those purple machines. I love purple. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, I have never once gone, oh, fuck, I don't want to make that drive. And this is probably the only thing that I have had that experience with of, wow, I actually have to just budget the time, but it's never like, Oh, I got to make sure I have enough time. It's always like, okay, so leave it this time. And then I do it. And then yeah, I listen yeah. to something on the drive up and I'm thinking about what I'm doing on the drive back. I think about what I did that session, what I'd like to do for the next one, what conversations we had, how grappling went that day, like whatever yeah. it is. And sure, sure. it's, it's something that, uh, yeah, again, I, I can't articulate it because I don't have the words for it, but it's, it really is a worthwhile thing to invest into for meaning. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, um, I mean, I feel like we've gone, all, is there anything else that you would like to mention before I close this off? Uh, Joleski.com. If you need a musician. To, uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, well, I, I just, you know, I don't want to keep you much later. <laughs> I know it's late. Um, but I, I think that's huge. You know what you're saying. And I think for anybody out there that again, is like, maybe like, well, I really want to grow my club. I, I really want to have more clients. I would might like, I would like to make a living yeah. off of coaching, right? Um, or make a living off of pole vault. And that's opening a club, in my opinion. You have to have that higher meaning. Yeah. If it's literally just people coming in and trying to wrap a higher bungee or jump a little bit higher, if that's all that, that's it. There's nothing else to be gained. How long are you going to keep a client? No, like maybe two, three weeks, two, three months. Yeah, or maybe, you know, like if they're in high school, okay, they'll jump through high school. And then once they get their scholarship or they're in college, they're done, right? Um, But the thing is, like, when you make it more than just wrapping a bungee, you know, like I I listen to this uh, gym business podcast where they, they talk about these CrossFit gyms. And this one gym has the 100 month club. So clients that have been at the gym a hundred months, you know, and she writes a thank you card and gives them a gift card and all this kind of stuff, which is cool. But like that idea of keeping clients that long, I mean, 
first of all, the impact you must have on someone's life when yeah. you coach them that long. And Calvin just left, who I think I've, I've been coaching Calvin for 10 hey, years. He's in the 120 months club. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm so grateful, you know what I mean? To be able to be a part of someone's life like that and to get, you know, help them find meaning, you know, in, in so much more. Cause I think what happens here goes beyond pole vault so yeah. much more. And I think that's how you, you build a very strong business. You have to care about people more than just their PR. Pole vaulters are not just their PR. There's so much more. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, there's some people I've coached that haven't had an, an amazing PR, but I know I've helped give them meaning in their life. And they've given me a lot of meaning in my yeah. life. They've helped me out. And so I think once you start to wrap your head around that, and I know this has been said by many people, but it's like, if you could start to think about how you can service people better, you could be of service to others. That's how your, your club grows. You want to be of service to as many people in as many ways as possible. You need to branch out. You need to level up as a coach, as an individual. I mean, when I started this club and I mean, we could do a whole nother podcast about this, but it's like, I was out of shape. I was 190 pounds. I was pretty chubby. I, I, I wasn't very strong. And, you know, I kind of like, I was starting the club as a business full time and I was focused on the business aspect and I let things slip. Now I'm not that same person. You know what I mean? And cause I've leveled up every step of the way. And that's why as a club, we've kept leveling up. And that's, that's really what it takes because when you are a coach, you are a leader and no one's going to want to be led by someone who doesn't level up. Yeah. If you're not leveling up, why would your athletes level up? Yeah. Like you need to take it to the next level. And I'm sorry if someone's out there listening to this, but, but Bronco, I don't have time to work out or but Bronco, I, you know, I only have so many hours or but Bronco, I don't know this, that you can make all the excuses you want. But if you want to be a coach, if you want to be someone that's important in people's lives, you have to level up. You have to show people what is possible when they really grind, when they really work hard. Because people, and, and I always, you know me, I always tell people, I'm like, look, I'm I'm terrible athlete. Like I, I should not beat you in anything. Yeah, that is the right? line is you're a better athlete than me. <laughs> yeah, that is right. Gonna... And, and I'm being honest too. It's just like everything that I, I've ever done is just because I'm like, I put my head down and I'm just grinding, you know? So, um, Again, we'll do this another time sure, for sure, absolutely. and we'll, we'll expand on some of these ideas. But uh, Joe, thank you again for doing the podcast. For everybody listening or watching out there, thank you so much. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can follow us on uh, Instagram at The Real Apex Vaulting or Apex Vaulting on Twitter and Facebook. And if you have any comments or questions, please email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And he will respond. I will. I will. <laughs>